What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today, we have a very special episode because we are joined by someone that knows their stuff about fantasy football, and they are the one of the brains behind Brodo Fantasy Football, and his name is Michael. So how are you doing today, Michael? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Yeah, and we're glad to have you on today, but let's get right into some fantasy advice that you're going to give to our listeners, and we're going to get into some recent news in the football world, and the Jacksonville Jaguars recently cut their star running back Leonard Fournette. So how do you think this affects his draft stock? And what do you suggest people who already drafted him to do with him on their rosters? Yeah, Leonard Fournette was uh, a shocker. Was probably the biggest shocker of the week this week. And luckily for us at Broto Fantasy, uh, you can check out our stuff at brotofantasy.com. It's myself and my two brothers giving you everything you need for your fantasy football drafts. We've been fading Leonard Fournette basically the entire offseason. Uh, that was one of our one of our guys that we just decided we weren't going to own anywhere. So we lucked out here. Well, not lucked out. I'd say he has some skill to do with it too. But uh, yeah, it's the writing was always kind of on the wall for this. The Jaguars said they were shopping him earlier in the offseason. They were looking for a trade partner. They didn't pick up his option to keep him on for next year. So I, I never thought he was going to be cut, but I was a little wary about taking him in the third round where his ADP had him. So, yeah, there goes that. <laughs> I think he's going to start being drafted more along the lines like the 10th, 11th round as more of like a handcuff. Hopefully he lands in a good spot to try to have an impact. But nine days before the start of the season isn't exactly the best time to become a free agent running back. Yeah, so because he was cut so close to the season, when do you expect he's going to be signed by possibly another team? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, nobody wanted him off waivers because they didn't want to give him the $4 million that he was owed. He cleared waivers. He is now free to join any team. I would expect he gets signed relatively soon, but I wouldn't be shocked if this is something that goes into the season. I mean, we've seen Devontae Freeman sitting on the free agent market all offseason. Albeit Freeman's a lot older, and Fournette does have draft capital on his side. He was a fourth overall pick just a few years ago. But I'd say probably within the next couple of weeks, the team will likely take a shot on him because you can never really have too much running back depth, especially with someone who hasn't performed up to his draft capital but has such high draft capital. Yeah, but let's get into another running back, a star running back, should I say, and and Alvin Kamara, I mean, that guy has skipped practice the past couple of days and is currently in a contract dispute with the Saints. So that there's been a lot of talk about a possible trade there in New Orleans. So how does this affect his draft stock? And what do you suggest for fantasy owners, owners that already drafted him? Yeah, this is a, a little bit of a tough one, too, because it's definitely not something you want to see out of the guy you chose probably third, fourth, or fifth overall in your fantasy drafts. Uh, you want him to be in camp, ready to go. Luckily, the new uh, collective bargaining agreement between the players and the league, it makes it really hard to hold out. So it would be very, very dumb financially for Alvin Kamara to actually miss the season. Word is he's just looking for a contract extension, so he wants to stay in New Orleans. There was also reports saying that he might return to practice tomorrow. So time will tell there. I'm still okay taking him where he's going. Maybe if you want to take Dalvin Cook ahead of him or like Edward Hilaire or Derrick Henry, one of those guys, I wouldn't hate it. But I'm still trying to 
grab Kamara. I'm actually my co-host on the Brodo podcast, Tim, uh, my older brother. He has Kamara, and I'm actively trying to trade for him for a cheaper price because of the uh, the discount that he's going at right now. <laughs> yeah, so would you think those two running backs, Fournette and Kamara, you might be able to trade for them for a cheaper price, as you said? Fournette, 100%. You could probably get him for pennies on the dollar for – than what he was worth literally like 48 hours ago. <laughs> but Kamara, yeah, I mean, the original offer I had for Tim was three three very solid players in Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt, and Marvin Jones, just as an example. Now I took out Marvin Jones, and I'm like, you know, let's just do it for Drake and Hunt. So I'm trying to get him to do that now just because of the concerns that come with Alvin Kamara. Because if you do, if he does for some reason end up being traded away, which would suck for him because the Saints are a perfect team for him or actually hold out. That's a uh, pretty rough for his fantasy outlook as a, as someone who's being drafted as a top five player. And that leads to my next question. What do you think the Saints will do with Alvin Kamara this season? I think he's going to get extended and he's going to be a beast, honestly. I mean, the dude has 81 receptions every year of his career. He's a beast on the ground. Apparently he was playing the majority of last season with an injury, like a bad injury, and just played through it. Now he says he's fully healthy again, which is great. We've seen what Kamar can do when he's fully healthy, which is why he's being drafted as a top five pick in fantasy drafts at the moment. So I think he's going to be just as good as he always is and uh, just, just keep doing Alvin Kamara things this season. Yeah, and hopefully he can get back to that 2018 season form, but – I mean, he's he's reported to be asking for Christian McCaffrey price of that $16 million or a little short of it. So do you think he is worth that $16 million or maybe even 15 or $14 million price? So I'm, I'm usually one of the uh, running backs don't pay them type of guy, but Alvin Kamara is different because he's such an effective pass catcher. Like he's basically a receiver and running back, similar to Christian McCaffrey, which is why it makes sense that he's asking for Christian McCaffrey money. I don't know if I personally give him that much money, but he is a big-time playmaker, and if the Saints do pay him, I wouldn't be shocked. I do think he is someone they're trying to keep around for as long as they have Drew Brees because they're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. They're in win-now mode, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up just giving him Christian McCaffrey money. Right, but as we know, I mean, in fantasy football, the running back position is not very deep every year, so do you Uh, suggest some fantasy owners – taking those running backs, maybe two in the first three rounds, or do you think they can let it slide and maybe pick their second running back or maybe even their first running back in the third, fourth, or fifth rounds? That's a good question. I'm usually uh, of the group at Brodo Fantasy. I usually like to go wide receivers early. I, I kind of flipped the script this year because of how early running backs are going and how effective they've been as pass catchers over the last couple of years. Like, for instance, Miles Sanders is someone I absolutely love. So I'm trying to get him in my drafts in the first or even second round if he falls there, but I'm fine taking him as my first player. So I, I actually started a draft the other day from the 12 spot with Drake and Eckler. So I went running back, running back. It's just because, man, the wide receivers in the third, fourth, fifth round are just so plentiful. And it's just, there's no reason to take Julio Jones 12th overall when you could take a running back like Miles Sanders or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Kenyon Drake, one of those guys. And then grab like Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, one of those guys at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round, D.J. Chark in the fifth, Terry McLaurin, all of these guys 
have what it takes to possibly jump up into uh, top 12 receivers this season, and you could get them in the fourth, fifth round. Do you think that advice is strictly for pass-catching running backs just in general, or do you think it could be power backs too? Yeah, that's a good question, because in PPR leagues, I'm on the side of I'm not taking a running back who is not involved in the passing game. It's just too much to count on. For instance, Derrick Henry, of course. I'm not taking Derrick Henry in the first round of a PPR draft because this guy could go 150 yards on the ground, and Chris Thompson could go eight receptions for 80 yards, and Chris Thompson has more points. Like, one point per reception league is just too much to really count on a running back to be that ridiculously good on the ground game after game. But in half PPR and standard leagues, I do think that I'm, I, I'll, I'm more interested in guys like Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, uh, guys who aren't really have the, who don't really have defined roles in the pass catching game per se at the moment, but are absolutely leading the pack in their offense at, uh, at the running back position and are likely to end up with over 1,200 rushing yards this year. And how much do you judge the quarterback that is playing with the pass catching running back to your draft stock? Uh, we actually, we, that's a good question because we have, we created a stat at rotofantasy.com called true throw values and true target values. True throw values, basically to just sum it down, it's basically it tells you how many points you could expect per attempt from a quarterback. And then true target values is how many fantasy points you could expect per target. We do that for QBs, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So that's a good place to look if you're looking for running backs who you're not sure how involved they can be in the running game. One of the things we hate so much about Derrick Henry and the tight ends is that he's not involved in the running game because Ryan Tannehill was actually number one overall in true throw value in 2019, which means his pass attempts were more productive than any other quarterback in the league, more than Lamar Jackson, more than Patrick Mahomes. So if Derrick Henry were to start catching passes as well, man, that would be so good for his pass catching potential. Because honestly, if he had a role in the as a third down back, he'd be a top five pick easily, maybe even like top two. Uh, what rookie running backs this year do you expect to provide the most upside or provide the most value to, you know, fantasy owners? So Clyde Edwards, hell, uh, Hilaire, or as we call him on the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, Clyde Edwards, hell yeah. We're a, a big fan of him this season because, man, Kansas City Chiefs offense, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, it's just a recipe for success. It always has been. Even the running backs last year combined would have been a top five running back throughout all the injuries and everything they dealt with last season. Now that Damian Williams opted out of the season due to the virus, he only has Daryl Williams and DeAndre Washington competing for touches. They're praising him at training camp. So we're 100% okay with taking a shot on Hilaire in the first round. And then Cam Akers is someone I also like a lot in like the fifth, sixth round because, look, it's a Sean McVay offense, one of the best offensive minds in the game. And Todd Gurley is gone. Like, a lot of questions, a lot of people have questions, is it going to be Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers this year as the main guy? Daryl Henderson, they selected two years ago in the third round. They let Todd Gurley go and then spent their first pick in the draft in the second round on Cam Akers. So clearly they're not in love with Daryl Henderson. 
And Cam Akers is someone who did it all in at Florida State in his co- in his collegiate career. And honestly, his current uh, average draft position for fantasy leagues right now is running back 28. I think he's going to beat that easily and has the chance to really be a big-time contributor, uh, especially now with Daryl Henderson looking like he might even miss the start of the season. Akers might even be pushed up a little faster into a big role in that offense because, man, a running back for Sean McVay has always been a great spot to be in. And at running back 28 ADP, you really – all the risk is baked into it. Yeah, so, and you see a lot of uh, running backs that are in kind of rookie running backs, I mean, that are in some competition there in their teams. I mean, you see J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he's competing for that starting spot with Mark Ingram. You see DeAndre Swift in Detroit is competing with Carrion Johnson. You see Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis competing with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. And then you see Akers even, I guess, in Los Angeles. We just talked about it. But, I mean, he's competing a little with Henderson, as you said. So which one of those guys do you think might end up beating those guys out for the starting job and end up being a key contributor for some of these people's fantasy lineups? So I think Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are all going to be big-time contributors this season. Jonathan Taylor, you have to pay up a little bit at this point. His ADP just keeps rising and rising throughout the offseason. So he's a little more expensive at this point. We've never been fans of Marlon Mack at Baroto Fantasy. So we believe in Jonathan Taylor's skill set and think he's going to have a big role. But there is some question marks with Naheem Hines there as well, if Taylor will be involved with, uh, with pass catching. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Akers. I just told you about how we think they're going to be big time this year. And J.K. Dobbins is an interesting one since you bring that up. His current ADP is around running back 30 to 35. And the, the Ravens were the most run-heavy team in the league last season. They averaged over 37 rush attempts per game. Mark Ingram saw 13 of those only. So they like to spread it around. Gus Edwards had eight uh, rush attempts himself uh, per game. And Gus Edwards is someone people just completely forget about. I mean, the guy had 700 rushing yards last season. But the thing about Gus Edwards is he doesn't really have a role as a pass catcher. So once he steps on the field, it's a one-dimensional game for the Ravens. Like they're going to run the ball or they can't really they can't really get Dob, excuse me, they can't get Edwards involved in pass catching work like they do Mark Ingram. Like when Mark Ingram's on the field, he could run, he could catch out of the backfield. So their their offense is wide open. And I think that's why they drafted JK Dobbins. He's very similar to Mark Ingram in the sense that he could do it all. So I think uh, Dobbins is actually going to take the majority of Gus Edwards' work this season and be the backup to Ingram. I don't think he's going to surpass Ingram. But if Ingram saw 13 carries a game last year, Gus Edwards 8. If Ingram sees 13 this year and uh, Dobbins sees 8 to 10 carries with 2 to 3 targets a game, I think he could be an interesting player in your flex. And he's someone I, I like at his current ADP and I'm willing to take a shot on because if Mark Ingram were to go down, then J.K. Dobbins becomes a league winner type of guy. Do you just uh, think Justice Hill is completely out of the conversation, or do you think he still has a chance to be the starting running back in years to come? Uh, I think Justice Hill is honestly just kind of out of the picture at this point. I do think he'll mix in every now and then, especially on pass catching downs, because that was his role last season when he when he was on the field. I just don't think they would have spent such high draft capital on J.K. Dobbins if they really believed in Justice Hill as like a premier type of guy. I think he's more, they see him as more of a compliment, 
a complimentary pass catching back. So I do think he'll be mixed in a little bit, but unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be that uh, like a real threat for the Ravens or in fantasy football in any of the coming years, unless there's like a injury to some of the guys ahead of him. So at the last Take Sports podcast, we created a list of veteran running backs that we had in mind that didn't really have that great of a season last year, but they have had success in the past. And uh, Leonard Fournette was part of this list, but now isn't now that he is a free agent. But here are the lists of these guys that we came up with. It's Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson. These are all veteran running backs that have had success in the past, but are coming off kind of a weak season, I should say. But yeah. which out of these three do you like and which out of them do you not like for this season? So those three guys, it's funny you mention them because it's clear for me that I like Le'Veon Bell the most. I'm okay with Todd Gurley, a little bit, a little bit uh, weary of him, and I cannot stand David Johnson at all. So to get into it a little further, Le'Veon Bell is someone who his ADP is around RB20 right now, and he was, the running, he was better than that last season despite the fact that the Jets had a terrible offensive line. Sam Darnold missed games with Mono during the season. I mean, the games with David fails at quarterback, the Jets were a complete joke. Like I watch, I'm a Jets fan, so I watch the Jets every week, and it was, it was really just the worst football I've seen in a long time watching David fails at quarterback. And Le'Veon Bell is still super involved in the passing game. I'm not buying into this narrative that Frank Gore is going to steal a bunch of touches. Bell is the lead dog. He's working hard. I think he's, his floor is where he's being drafted, which is something I like to do in fantasy football. I like to put, take players who they're being selected where their worst outcome is at. So I think Le'Veon Bell's worst outcome is around running back 20. And that means draft him at running back 20 because that's his worst outcome. And there's a very good chance that he's even better than that. And then with Todd Gurley, he scares me a little bit because of the injury and everything. And the Falcons offense, they, the Falcons trail a lot and then they end up passing a lot. I know Gurley's involved in the passing game as well, but you saw from 2018 to 2019, just the, the slow trickle effect of Todd Gurley really not looking quite like Todd Gurley of old. And it, it's tough to see, but he should be productive most weeks in that offense. So that's why he's someone I'm not super against drafting at the moment. But David Johnson, on the other hand, is someone I, I'm just completely staying away. I feel like David Johnson is someone, for example, his current uh, ADP is running back 19. I have him in my rankings as the running back 28. Because he's someone who just, look, when was the last time David Johnson was good? 2016. It was four years ago. So I'm not buying into this, this narrative that David Johnson is hungry and is going to become a beast again in Houston. I just don't see it at all because he's been, he averages less than four yards a carry. He, his breakaway run rate is bad. He's just all around a very, very mediocre running back for the past three seasons, ever since he started getting hurt. And ever since his big 2016 season, like that was a very, very impressive season. There's no doubt about it, but it's four years ago and people need to, people need to move on. Meanwhile, he has a backup who is the biggest direct threat by far for all three in Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson had over 800 yards last season was, was a better runner and pass catcher than David Johnson by basically any metric you look at. So one of my hot takes in our hot takes episode was that Duke Johnson actually ends as a better fantasy player than David Johnson this season. <laughs> talking about uh backup running backs how do you feel about frank gore 
in uh, New York splitting time with possibly splitting time with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Frank Gore just seems like he never goes away. This dude's going to play until he's like 72 years old, apparently. But yeah, I'm not interested in Frank Gore. Even if Bell were to get hurt, I feel like LaMichael P. Ryan would get a lot of work as well. And I just, he's a plotter. He's not a pass catcher either. That's where the real potential is uh, in that Jets offense with Le'Veon Bell is that he's going to catch a lot of passes as well, not only get the runs through the tackles. And I know they rebuilt their offensive line, and it's going to look better at at the very least because last season was a debacle. But Frank Gore is someone, even if Bell were to get hurt, you have to bank on a touchdown for him to be like a weekly viable starter, as he's been basically the last like five years. If he scores a touchdown, he's useful. Otherwise, you really shouldn't have him in your roster. So moving on from the running back positions, when do you recommend drafting a quarterback and tight end? And do you think it's worth going after those top tier positions in early rounds? The quarterback position is actually something we're very outspoken about in that drafting a QB early is a bad move. Um, I wrote an article a couple, a, a year ago or so called QB or not QB. And it was about Patrick Mahomes and whether he's worth being drafted in the third round or so because he's so good. And it's just the difference between QB1 and QB12 on a points per game basis is so stark compared to like the RB1, RB12, RB24. You, the variance of QB scoring is so little compared to running backs and wide receivers. So it's like, would you rather take, say Patrick Mahomes, he's going to like the second round, right? Would you rather take Aaron Jones and then take Matt Stafford in the 10th round or Patrick Mahomes and then someone like, uh, Justin Jefferson in the 10th round. And I like Justin Jefferson, but he's a complete wild card and not someone you're going to be able to start every week right away. And Matt Stafford, you can, on the other hand. So I like to really – I'm a big-time weight-on-quarterback guy. So for the quarterback position, I'm never really drafting the Mahomeses, the Lamar Jacksons of the world. Because people forget every year uh, that the best quarterbacks – end up typically coming from the back end of the draft. Like Patrick Mahomes is an exception, but Lamar Jackson was a 10th round pick, 11th round pick last season. And now he's a second, third round pick. So I'm not actively looking to draft QBs early. And tight ends, I'm okay with Kittle and Kelsey early just because they're so damn good. <laughs> like both those guys, they're locks in your lineup every week. You just have to, you're just excited. Like I get to have these two guys in my lineup and that's, you don't have to worry about the tight end position anymore. And the thing about the tight end position is that the QB, how I was saying the scoring is like just, there's no variance. Like the QB one and QB 12 are a lot more similar than the tight end one and tight end 12. Like Travis Kelsey was the tight end one last season. Jason Witten was the tight end 12 last season with his like 500 yards and four touchdowns. So it's a huge stark difference there. So that's why I'm okay with taking someone like Kelsey or, uh, Kittle early because it's such an advantage at the tight end position and guys you can really trust week in and week out because they're they're the focal point in their offense as a Ravens fan I was the lucky one who did draft Lamar in the late rounds last year nice. but when I had the third round draft pick early third round I was thinking to go Lamar but then I was thinking what you said would I rather have a mediocre quarterback and have a good optional running back like you had like you said and I I don't regret it looking back at my draft yeah that's the that's the thing every time I look at a draft 
quarterback is like the last position I look at. I want to see if you have skilled position players first rather than your quarterback. Because like I said earlier, Ryan Tannehill was first in true throw value, which means his passes were the most productive of all quarterbacks in the league last year. And you could get him for free in your draft. Like you're not finding that anywhere else besides the quarterback position because that's just the nature of the QB position. You can stream every week. Even last year, the best streaming quarterback every year combined would have been the fifth quarterback in the league. So that's how, that's how close QB scoring really is outside of the huge weeks that Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will give you because they will give you huge, huge weeks, but it might not be enough if you don't have a good team around them. So what players do you think a lot of fantasy owners are missing out of in those middle rounds that could have an upside to be a flex or even a potential low tier starting line or put in those starting lineup there. So which guys do you think in the middle rounds, they think that you could snag and maybe put them in that flex or that starting lineup spot. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. I like. Actually, I have a article series on brotofantasy.com called my guys, where I go through some guys I'm targeting who I think have a good shot of really being the, uh, beating their ADP this season. One of them I'll start with because it's a – I'll give you a sneak peek behind the scenes. One of, It's Will Fuller. So the reason I bring up Will Fuller is because my brother and I, Jason, we do this thing when we're looking at uh, fantasy players. It's is the player just inherently better than their ADP? And what I mean by that is Will Fuller is currently being drafted as a 35th wide receiver off the board. But if you were to rank – week one rankings, week two rankings, week three rankings. Will Fuller, without DeAndre Hopkins there, is never going to be ranked outside the top 25. Like this guy has the potential every single week to be a top five player and is going to be ranked as a top 30 receiver every single season. So why is he going at wide receiver 35? It's the injury risk. But that's baked into the ADP. I mean, he has a chance to really have a career year this season with DeAndre Hopkins gone and Deshaun Watson at the helm because we've seen him put up literally overall wide receiver one performances in the past, uh, even with DeAndre Hopkins there. As the number one guy, even with the injury risk baked in, he's someone who is a, a steal at his current ADP. Another guy I like a lot in the in the middle rounds. Are either of you guys Detroit Lions fans? Yeah. I think one yeah. of you is, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're both from Detroit, so yeah. you're good news. So for me, it's TJ Hawkinson. Uh, this one's a little later on. You could get TJ Hawkinson later. He's being drafted as a tight end 15. But we were just talking about drafting tight ends. If you miss out on the Kittle and the Kelseys and you want to wait on tight end, I'm perfectly fine with getting TJ Hawkinson. I mean, the dude is a 6'5 athletic freak, as you guys know, watching him every week. And rookie tight ends hardly ever make a real impact. This guy caught six passes for 131 yards and a touchdown as a rookie. I mean, he did struggle after that, but rookie tight ends struggle all the time. He only played 60, 67% of the snaps his rookie season. So you could bet on that to go up. And he, he also played half of his snaps in the slot, which is great for fantasy purposes. And in our Detroit Lions team preview, because we do this thing called the, the heat wave, where we 32 teams in 32 days, we go through team previews every single day of August coming to a close in the Detroit Lions preview, Jason, my co-host, discussed how Dan Danny Amendola out of the slot was awful efficiency-wise. Like, he was just really not good. So if TJ Hawkinson gets even more work out of the slot, 
he's going to be an absolute stud. And Matt Stafford was a top five quarterback in true throw value, which means his throws are worth a lot. And Hawkinson is really this upside tight end who you could get late. And I think there's a shot, another from my hot take episode, my hot take was that TJ Hawkinson was going to be drafted as a top five tight end this time next year. I mean, that, that's a big statement to say, knowing where his ADP <laughs> is 15 this year. But yeah. what guys do you love in fantasy owners should make sure to land in their fantasy draft or through trade? Uh, so one guy I really, really love is Robert Woods. I've been a big advocate of Robert Woods for, for ages now. We call him the ice cream sandwich at Brodo because he's just underrated and always great. And that's how we feel about ice cream sandwiches. This guy, he was the wide receiver 25 last season uh, before week 10. And then he was the wide receiver five overall after that. And what happened was the Rams started using a different personnel. Rather than using three wide receivers on the field and one tight end, they started lining up with two wide receivers and two tight ends. And Cooper Cup was the one to step off the field during that time, not Robert Woods. Cup played less than 70% of the snaps at that time. Well, Robert Woods was on the field 95% of the time, along with Tyler Higby. Those two guys just basically never got off the field. And he was the wide receiver five overall, and their offense got better once they started using that formation more. I expect that to continue into this season. There's, he's going at the ADP of wide receiver 23, which I think is a joke. I have him as my 10th ranked wide receiver this season. Uh, he's just uh, – Gurley and Cooks are gone as well, which leaves over 100 targets up for grabs. I think Robert Woods has a clear path to be a big, big time piece this season for you. If you're, if that's why I like going running backs early this year, because you can get someone like Robert Woods in the fourth round, who I think is going to be a wide receiver one. So you could get your wide receiver one there. Uh, another guy I really like this season, I'm going to go with uh, Kareem Hunt here because it's interesting. Kareem Hunt, he doesn't seem like the prototypical guy that you like to draft in the middle rounds because he's a backup running back, quote unquote. But I think he has a really good shot of being an Austin Eckler type player this season in that he doesn't need to be on the field 100% of the snaps. He could be on the field 50% of the snaps, get 10 to 15 touches, and still be super dynamic with that work. I mean, the guy joined the Browns last season, the last eight games, just went onto the team and started playing right away. He averaged 10 touches per game, and he actually had – 43 rush attempts and 37 receptions during that time. So he was getting work despite not being there the first half of the season. And he was right up there with Nick Chubb in fantasy leagues uh, during that stretch. He was very close to Nick Chubb. They were both basically RB2s during that time. We've seen what Kareem Hunt can do. The dude has been an absolute monster. His rookie season, he led the league in broken tackles. Like the only reason he got released from the Chiefs was from outside issues which have been dealt with since like no one's questioning his talent so I think he really has a shot to be that Austin Eckler type catch five passes a game rush eight to ten times a game and put up 15 to 20 fantasy points just because he's that talented so let's ask the opposition to that last question and so what what guys do you think might have a little bit of a subpar season and to probably stay away from yeah so uh David Johnson is one I really don't like, as I discussed earlier. But So I'll go with the wide receiver here. One wide receiver I'm really not targeting is Stephon Diggs. So I spoke about true values earlier, and Stephon Diggs is going to Josh Allen. 
And what true values does, it, it strips away rushing for quarterbacks. So it doesn't – so, like, when you look at the quarterback true throw value, you don't see Josh Allen. That doesn't take into account his rushing fantasy points. So he was the 20th quarterback in true throw value last season, which means his pass attempts were 20th best in terms of fantasy points. So not very good. So what, we, what I did in an article called the true throw value report is I took Stefan Diggs and I took his targets from 28, excuse me, 2019. And Kirk Cousins was the seventh QB in terms of true throw value. So what I did was I took Josh Allen, uh, his, his pass attempts, instead of Kirk Cousins' pass attempts, and I connected that with Stefan Diggs. So if Josh Allen were Stefan Diggs' quarterback in 2019, his true target value would have been wide receiver 50. So he would have ended up expected to be outside even the top 40 wide receivers. And he was, uh, his true throw value with, excuse me, true target value with, with Kirk Cousins last year was wide receiver 25. So he was right around there too. So Josh Allen is someone I'm just, I'm not a big fan of as a passer. I don't really think he has the ability to be an effective downfield passer because he's just too inaccurate. Can he take a step up? Yes. Can I possibly be wrong about Stephon Diggs? Sure. But where he's currently going in drafts in like the sixth, seventh round, I'm just not interested at all. And he's someone I'm not going to really own much of because that's a run first team. They still have John Brown there as well. So Stefan Diggs is someone I'm not interested in at all as, as of now. And I think with that, this would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast. We would really like to appreciate you, Michael, and Brodo Fantasy Football for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. But before we end tonight, is there any social media handles that you would like to mention to the listeners or where they can find your podcast? Yeah, uh, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for everything. BrotoFantasy.com for rankings, podcasts, the true throw values that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, we do rankings. There's just a bunch of stuff there. Articles as well. We've been releasing a bunch of articles. Um, I'm Brodo FF Mike. My brother's Brodo FFJ, Brodo FF Tim. We're the ones who run BrotoFantasy.com. Uh, yeah, so check that out. Give us a follow and get some high-quality fantasy football advice. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, and once again, we'd really like to thank you and Roto Fantasy Football for joining us tonight. And to all the listeners, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.